When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. We're thrilled to get Daniel. He was uh, he was up there with everybody else on our board in terms of value, and uh, he is he's a he is just perfect for us. We really think he's going to, we really believe in this kid, and we really believe he's going to be the, a nice, um, not a nice, a real quality quarterback for us, for our franchise. All right, the voice of New York Giants general manager Dave Gettleman. Um, that was an interesting pick. Uh, I was taking a look at the Giants draft on Thursday and on Friday and wondering, Oh my goodness, what's going on? I'm sure we were not the only ones. Want to bring in NFL Nation Giants reporter Jordan Renan right now to break down some of the bigger topics. Uh, Outside of Vikings here, we're talking big topics in the NFL draft. Just looking up at NFL Live right now, Jordan, and they were comparing Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins from from their college career last season. And really, bottom line here, there is no comparison. So why did the Giants go with Daniel Jones? You know, when you listen to that clip that you just played of Dave Gettleman, you kind of get a hint of it, right? You, you, like They just see him they uh, as checking off all those boxes, especially off the field. And, like, you know, he's this – he works hard. He processes information well. He He's a good representative for what they want as the face of the franchise. Uh, and also, I mean, look, you talk to people around the league, and I know it's easy to look at those numbers and – just say, okay, Dwayne Haskins is so much better than, than Daniel Jones. It's not even close. And ultimately, that may turn out to be the case. But, I mean, I spoke to people, coaches, GMs, uh, executives, scouts, and there's definitely people who were not that high on Dwayne Haskins, the quarterback prospect, even though on, on the surface and on paper it looks great. I think I, I talked to you know six different people, and three of them, had Haskins as the fourth of the four quarterbacks graded, and there's there's some knocks on him as a quarterback that the numbers maybe don't show. Jordan, when when I look just through the history of quarterbacks in the draft, it is sort of funny to go back and look and laugh at ourselves for who we thought the top prospects were at the time, right? right. I mean, not that uh, Andy Dalton is a Hall of Famer, but Christian Ponder was taken way before him, and so was Blaine Gabbard, and so was Jake Locker. And even when that you was go, an awful draft. It, it sure was. And even when you go back uh, just a couple of years, you have 
uh, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes taken after Mitch Trubisky. And I don't think at this moment there's any question that you'd take either one of those guys ahead of Mitch Trubisky at this point. So when people have really strong takes about Daniel Jones clearly not being good or not being a good pick, I always kind of hesitate because Russell Wilson made it to the third round and crazy stuff happens with the draft. So there must be a reason why they thought he was the top guy. Yeah, I mean, look, here's the thing about Daniel Jones, right? It sounds crazy. Why did they take him at six? Why did they take him at six? It was so high. Would we be having the same conversation right now? Would I even be on your show right now if they took him with their 17th pick? Well, maybe. I mean, you're pretty good at your job, so. Okay, I'll take that. But <laughs> you, get my, you get my point. Is I don't think there would be this great outrage. Oh, they took Daniel Jones at 17. He was considered a first-rounder. They didn't just draft some guy who nobody considered a first-rounder. Right, I mean, it's not it's not that far out of the blue. Now, in a way, I understand it, right? And if you're going, if you are, have your quarterback, you have two picks. Why wait until your second pick to get your quarterback? Just take your quarterback. So this is going to be our franchise quarterback. If you really believe in that guy, now, so philosophically, I don't really see a problem with it. You say we're this is our quarterback. He's going to be our next Eli Manning, our next future franchise quarterback, who we hope wins us Super Bowls. Just take him at six. Don't risk losing him because there was a risk. And maybe, you know, Dave Gettleman claimed he knows for a fact two teams were going to take him. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. And I, I kind of doubt that because, you know, I'm going over him even the day of. We're going and we're talking to teams and we just can't find the team that was dying to take him. But maybe there is one out there. So you don't want to risk it. But. The question here is, is the evaluation going to be right? Because there's people that are all over the board on him. I mean, the people that I talk to, I mean, it ranged from uh, pedestrian talent to what box doesn't he check to uh, a good decision maker, uh, didn't raise the level of play of others. And even one guy even told me, he called him, he said he's going to be, he's a backup, straight backup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Science like a guy that somebody thinks he's going to be a straight backup. Like that's, that's the range on the on, on the Daniel Jones that's out there right now. And ultimately, that's what Dave Gettleman and the Giants are going to be judged on. Now, Jordan, if, I, if, they, if he's good, nobody's going to care. I, I, feel like, I feel like this is very common. I feel like it's very common when a quarterback is drafted that people are going to have all sorts of just range of opinions. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater goes 32. There were a lot of people that thought Teddy Bridgewater should have been the number one overall pick. And we could almost go quarterback to quarterback. What I think but that's in, why he went 32, isn't it? Right. Yeah, right. That's yeah, why they yeah. the outrage. Well, what, what I think enhances the outrage with the Giants is just... Dave Gettleman's press conferences that always seem to have some quote that makes him look really uh, loopy. And then, you know, I guess the other part is just following some of the other moves. The Odell Beckham move, the Saquon Barkley drafting him high, as good as he was, it's still a running back. I I think it all kind of plays into it. And we have this all the time in football where if there's a narrative, take like Oakland trading Khalil Mack, actually wasn't that bad of a move in the long run. But when he traded him, the internet went crazy. Oakland is the stupidest thing that ever happened. Like It seems like the Giants are just that team that everyone piles onto now, even though I go pick by pick, and I just don't think it's as crazy as it's being made out to be. No, I'm with you on that. I really don't think it's as crazy. But here's the thing, right? The narrative just you're built, you're piling onto it for a reason, because the past experience with it, or with Dave Gettleman, is it hasn't been so great. Like you know, the Giants are one what five games this past year. They were bad. He made a bad decision last year to who 
try and win last year and, and, and draft a running back and not go with the quarterback. And then, you know, so that narrative is building and building. I mean, go read. I saw, in the, you know, Dave Gettleman's quoted in Monday Morning Quarterback, and he's like, when you're at this spot, you got to take the quarterback because you never know when you're going to be this picking this high again. It's like, no, no. And he's like, you know, we don't hope that, like you were last year, you were too. You can't change the narrative as we go along. And when he gets to that podium, it's sort of like a variety show of just all kinds of craziness, and the narrative keeps changing. And the, you know, the numbers, if you, you want to go, it's like if you want to go research his numbers, I mean, Marcus Golden once had 15 sacks in a season, according to Dave Gettleman. Now he really didn't. It was more like 12 and a half. Uh, you know, uh, Lorenzo Carter this weekend, according to Dave Gettleman, had five and a half sacks in, in one session, and the next session he had five last year, right? You know, this is their up-and-comer guy. No, he had four. So you keep, you keep going and you keep adding and adding and adding. It just makes them an easy target. It makes the Giants an easy target, but they put themselves in that position. That's what happens when you're a bad team, right? The Oakland Raiders, they're a bad team. So it's easy. You could keep pounding on them. The Giants, they have eight wins in two years combined. They made the playoffs once in the past seven years. They're an easy target. So Vikings fans were a little freaked out, and rightfully so, when Rick Spielman started trading back from 81 in the third round and then had all these picks to go for and use his draft currency on Saturday, only one trade up. Um, I know Giants Twitter, just from what I had seen on in round one, when they traded back to get DeAndre Baker at number 30, giving up 37, 132, and 142 to Seattle in the process. Um, a little bit of a head-scratcher there. Certainly they needed to address yeah. the cornerback position, find Eli Apple's replacement, but... I'm a little confused here because does this mean, I mean, I know another quote from Dave Gettleman was that Janoris Jenkins has to train a bunch of puppies um, that are coming in now. But does this mean Chris Harris is possibly on the trading block? And what is the future of Janoris Jenkins now that we know that DeAndre Baker is going to be a New York Giant? Yeah, but that's the thing. You know, you say that the Giants are going to move a cornerback. You can pretty much say that about every defensive position for them, (laughs) right? So they could have taken any position. Be like, they had a need there. I mean, they really don't have a difference maker on the entire defense. Janaris Jenkins and Antoine Bethea, who's 35 years old, 34, 35, I can't remember off the top of my head. Those are the only two players who have ever made a Pro Bowl on this defense. and that, So they have serious holes. I, I don't think the Giants – see, this is, the, this is your problem if you're looking at the Giants right now, right? And this is why they're, you know, Dave Gettleman has made them an easy target. They have not committed – fully one way or the other in regards to rebuild or try and win, right? Last year they tried to win with the number two pick, a new coach, a new general manager, uh, also three and 13 season. I mean, if, that, if there's ever a time to rebuild, I mean, that's like perfectly, you know, made, right? I mean, that's everything you need to say this is the time to rebuild. And a 38-year-old quarterback, I didn't mention that. So they passed on it last year, and now even this year, they, they, they look like they're going to rebuild, right? They're going to do a total rebuild. Then they go out, they sign a 35-year-old safety. They sign Golden Tate to a big money deal. And you're just wondering, what is going on? And what they're really trying to do is they're trying to toe that line and win while they rebuild. And you know how that works out. That seems impossible. Yeah, it doesn't work out. And so that's where they are. And I don't saw they're trying to win. They're going to keep – I shouldn't say nothing's absolute with this team. But it looks like they're going to keep Janaris Jenkins because they really have nobody else on their roster who has ever played cornerback in the NFL <laughs> as a sufficient starter. So he really is the only guy. I know they have a bunch of young guys now. 
they now have they drafted three guys. They have an undrafted rookie who played in the slot last year who played fairly well, but and, and a bunch of other young guys, a, a third round supplemental pick from last year. Who, by the way, and this is another Dave Gettleman one where you scratch your head and it makes you wonder. You know, this is why he's easy to pile onto. They drafted a guy in the supplemental draft last year, right? Third round. He lasted not even one practice on a shoulder that he was already injured beforehand. <laughs> so, so, the supplemental okay. draft so is now, my favorite and now thing. Now everyone's like, oh, that guy, that guy is going to be one of our key players, a starter. Like, we don't even know. Who knows if his shoulder is going to hold up? Oh, man, I love that the supplemental draft is real. Um, we're talking with uh, Jordan Renan of uh, ESPN NFL Nation Reporter, covers the New York Giants. So here in Minnesota, Jordan, um, I think they're building a statue of Pat Shermer outside U.S. Bank Stadium. He was so good. Now, imagine this. Think about how football fans are with offensive coordinators. They all think they could call plays. Fans unequivocally loved Pat Shermer. Have you ever heard of that in your career of fans unequivocally loving an offensive coordinator, but it happened. It's real. I saw it. (laughs) And then when, you know, he leaves for the giants, fans are disappointed. And I think that everyone here just feels bad for Pat Shermer at this point. I mean, what, what is your sense on his job security, how people in New York feel about Pat Shermer? It seemed like last year it got a little bit rough toward the middle and end. Yeah, I'm going to say this about Pat Shermer. I feel for Pat Shermer because I'm going and I'm looking and I'm saying, all right, Pat Shermer, he now had two runs of being a head coach in the NFL, right? And it's going to end up being, I mean, he's already had like 60, 60, 70 games, something like that. So by the time all said and done, he's probably going to coach 100 games in the NFL. And his quarterbacks were Colt McCoy. They drafted Brandon Whedon when he was in Cleveland. And Eli Manning at the end of his career and now Daniel Jones. So if Daniel Jones turns out to be a bust, Pat Shermer never really had a real quarterback to work with as a head coach in the NFL, right? Because, I mean, he's, I, he, I shouldn't say real quarterback, because Eli, Eli Manning, he's still obviously a real quarterback, but he's, he's not the same Eli Manning that he was when he was in his prime and when he was winning Super Bowl. So uh, that's where Pat Shermer is. He had some questionable moves last year, but, uh, you know, the thing is – He's doing it his way, right? And he's either going to win in a shocking fashion and surprise a lot of people, or he's going to go down his way. And his way is, and Dave Gettleman, him and Dave Gettleman, they seem to be on the same page as this, as on this, is that they're going and they say, we're, we're going to clean out this locker room, and they want all guys that are going to walk that straight line for them and, and you know, no, no guys that maybe could be con- conceived or considered uh, a headache at all, and uh, you know that's what he's going to go with, and that's why Odell Beckham's not there anymore, right? So everybody- and uh, we'll we'll see if that works out for him, but I, I I don't know. In this league, that might not be the best way to go. So everybody wants to make the comparison. Okay, this is the next uh, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers situation. Whether that <laughs> whether that compares to what the New York Giants have with both Eli Manning and Daniel Jones, I think will. Remain to be seen, but when are we going to see Daniel Jones? What that seems like that's the big question for the Giants going forward. When does he play? Yeah, that is. I mean, that is the big question. We'll see when he's going to play. Eli's going to start. Okay, they're going to try and win with Eli Manning. If he plays, as pretty much most of us expect him to play, you'll see Daniel Jones this year because the team isn't going to win many games. Because in order for them to win games, their offense is going to be really good. Because they don't, like I said before, they don't really have any real defensive playmakers. So. I, I, I would be surprised if in the final 
six, seven weeks of the season, we do not see Daniel Jones and he gets some experience. You know that once upon a time, Eli Manning got drafted. That was granted he was number one overall pick and the Giants didn't trade it for him. But Kurt Warner was the quarterback, right? And Eli Manning, they knew he was the franchise, the, the future of the, of the quarterback position for the New York Giants. And the Giants were five and four at the time when they made the move from Kurt Warner to Eli Manning. They basically threw away the season, even though they were in playoff contention at the time. So I think we are going to see, regardless, I mean, unless the Giants just stun everybody and have a really strong start and a great season, we're going to see uh, Daniel Jones in the second half of this year. All right, Jordan Renan, ESPN NFL Nation reporter covering New York Giants. Be sure to follow him on Twitter, at Jordan Renan, keeping you updated on the cluster that is the New York Giants as they try to figure out this rebuild and win at the same time. Let's see if they can do it. Uh, history suggests that that's very difficult to do, but uh, Jordan will keep you updated on that and other hot topics coming out of the New York market. Jordan, you could just bring me on and have make Viking fans feel better about themselves. We're going to bring no? you on to recap I mean, every week just to talk about Pat Shermer <laughs> because fans here still love him. Yeah, Pat's an interesting guy. I mean, he may definitely made some like some head-scratching mistakes last year, and uh, you can see the steam come out of his ears after losses. <laughs> it's, kind of, uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of an interesting uh, scene, at least. But he can coach offense. I mean, these guys were wide open last year. I think that, that you can take away, and that's what Viking fans like about him. He's this guy can scheme receivers open. Yeah, there are a lot of guys here that were left wide open last year, too, but for a multitude of different <laughs> reasons. Uh, Jordan, thanks so much. Really appreciate the time. Anytime. Speak to you soon. So that's, you're, you're right that's about interesting. The, the Giants have so much fun drama that Jordan's going to have to come on a lot. Oh, no. he's. I mean, he's in the perfect market for that, Like where you, you wouldn't expect any other market other than New York to take advantage of this with just like the the back page headlines and you know those the New York what is it the New York Daily News what's the other tabloid ish paper the one that's like tabloid size that always has the fun headlines Daily News uh post New, New York, York post, post yeah. I I just love seeing those on Monday after games seeing what creative nonsense they come up with cuz it's <laughs> funny and I mean there's some really good writers in that market and and just um when you take a look at the draft and just some of the teams that you're keeping an eye on for, okay, where's the chaos going to happen? I think we asked Dan Shanka about this last week when he was on the show. Is it the Giants? Is it the Raiders? Or is it the Cardinals? All of them. All of them. All, of them. All three of them managed to do they stuff that we did not expect and uh, make it extra crazy. Let's talk about that next with the Cardinals. Sounds good. I'm excited. I want to know if... Now, after seeing what it costs for Josh Rosen, if there's any Vikings fan who would be thinking, hmm, maybe he should have traded number 50 for Josh Rosen. Talk about that next. Purple Daily here on Score North. It's Purple Daily on Score North. Listen to Score North on the Score North mobile app, and you could win prizes. Download the Score North mobile app. Available in the Apple and Google Play First of all, I want to thank my parents, my agent, Eric, and uh, obviously coaching staff, Mr. Bidwell, Mr. Kime, for believing in me and uh, making this dream come true. I can't, cannot wait to get on the field and get this thing started. New Miami Dolphins quarterback Josh Rosen there. You're listening to Purple Daily. I want to remind you that there are several ways you can listen to Purple Daily. Oh. Live.scorenorth.com. You can listen live or just go to our website and click the little play button if you are on a computer. If you have a cellular device, there is an app. All you have to do is go to the app store. Just click 
Score North into your app store and boom, it's right there. It's free. It's got all of our articles, our podcasts, and a listen live function as well. And uh, of course, over the radio, Courtney and I are usually on Tuesdays, but tomorrow we're doing a little thing out there with TCO Performance Center and uh, we're going to talk a little more about those draft picks. So we will not be here tomorrow. It will be Rami and Judd for our usual time, but you can always download it via a podcast. If you go score North Vikings, wherever you get your podcast, then all of our shows will pop up. You're forgetting the most important one. If you have an Alexa, an Amazon Alexa device, just say Alexa, open score North. It's amazing. I also, she's uh, always listening though. So she would probably open it anyways. I also hate to break it to you, Carla. That was uh, actually Kyler Murray coming back from break. Not uh, Josh. Was it really? They sound alike. Yeah. It was, it was kind well, of boring. man. Well, I mean, it tees up the segment perfectly. Either way. Because Josh Rosen never stood a chance once Cliff Kingsbury got hired. It's true. In Arizona. Sorry about that. And is I, now a Miami Dolphin. Kyler Murray. But Josh Rosen did release a very classy video yes. offering Kyler Murray his apartment. And he stuck around in Arizona to play in a celebrity softball game with Larry Fitzgerald. Now he's a member of the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins got an unbelievable deal with the 62nd overall pick getting potentially their future quarterback in Josh Rosen. And it comes to mind for me because we talked about it the other day about the Josh Rosen idea, fifty number 50 for Josh Rosen. Would that have been interesting to you for the Minnesota Vikings' Courtney Cronin? It would have been. Um, I'm curious as what they would have done in the third round if they would have gone and taken a tight end there because there were several Dawson available there, to them yeah. if they stayed at 81. Um, if you trade the 50th pick... And that's that's really it. It's a second-round pick, mind you. It's still a high pick, but you have your quarterback potentially of the future or somebody that becomes great trade leverage for you down the road. Um, considering he's only played one year in the NFL, maybe that's a Jimmy Garoppolo-type situation where you have something you can use if you want, if you want a higher draft pick or something else uh, down in the future. I think it would have been worth it. I think there would have been an uproar, though, from most Vikings fans just seeing, okay, this isn't an immediate need. Um, What does this help in in terms of the now? So I could see just the upheaval that would have come if that would have happened. So the thing that I play out in my mind if the Vikings had done it, just the scenario, is there were all sorts of other tight ends that were available at that point. I believe at that point in the third round where the Vikings picked, it only would have been Noah Fant. Irv Smith and TJ Hawkinson off the board for tight ends. So you could have had, and maybe Jay Sternberger. So you could have pretty much had your pick of the litter after that. And there were a lot of guys that were talked about as this being a very deep tight end draft. So you would just pick your tight end in the third round, save your running back to the fourth, and then you go on from there. Uh, In that scenario, Courtney, if Kirk Cousins got hurt at any time over, over the next two years, you'd have a very good backup quarterback. And if Kirk Cousins did not want to sign an extension here or the Vikings did not want to sign him to an extension in 2021, the difference between the cap space from the current quarterback to Josh Rosen would be about $25 million that the Vikings could go in free agency the year before that and spend. And Josh Rosen would be 24 years old at that point. That scenario down the road looks pretty darn good to me. I can understand why the Vikings, especially the way they talked about this draft, wouldn't have wanted to do that. I tend to look at it like when you have a chance to get a quarterback of that caliber who would have been the number two quarterback on this board this year and would have been 
close, I think, as a prospect to Kyler Murray toward the top of the draft, then you have to take that chance because when are you getting that next quarterback if Kirk Cousins doesn't want to stay? I think we look at it as a guarantee that he's going to get a contract extension, but Russell Wilson just got one for $35 million a year. So in two years, what is Kirk Cousins looking for? Is it $40 million a year? Is it all guaranteed again? Is it all guaranteed again? Like these questions we don't have answers to. He already left one franchise. And if he goes 12-4 and this year, then yeah, you sign him to a contract extension because he'll be in the Pro Bowl and maybe win MVP or something. But if he goes 7-9 and this year, we might look back at this and go, number 50 for Josh Rosen might have been a good idea. I don't, and I think even if Josh Rosen never played a single snap here in Minnesota, it's not bad trade leverage eventually to to pawn off something like that if you need, especially as your cap space does not get any easier or any less tight down 2020, 2021, and beyond that. Um, I think they'd be in a fine situation to bring him in have him learn under Kirk Cousins, have a viable backup. I mean, if there's any franchise that knows what it's like to have somebody in the number two spot that you can trust that's going to be able to come in and not just maintain but win games, um, it's this franchise. So I can see why they didn't do it. I can see why it wasn't in the conversation. Maybe they thought that they were going to have to give up more than that. And maybe they honestly, I mean, what you heard what Rick Spielman said on Saturday, that rounds one and rounds two, they were not budging from those picks. They yep. had their guys they wanted. They were going after them. They were not going to overcomplicate this draft. But you would have had to have given up that second round pick for him. There would have been no way that you could have packaged a third and whatever else you had at the time. Um, because the Dolphins, you know, given their rebuild situation and given that they went all in on him, um, that to me speaks volumes of what they think they can do this year now that they have a viable quarterback option and potentially a backup option with if Ryan Fitzpatrick does move into that role. So it really speaks to me on just how differently the Vikings handled this from if they were looking three years out for the draft. If they felt like we need to make sure we secure our future three years from now, and that's how we're approaching the draft, not we're going to try to win now with this draft, you probably trade down out of the 18th pick and try to pick up a second rounder or something like that. Because in in that scenario, of course you would give up one of them for Josh Rosen, I think. But in the second round, I think you're making as many phone calls as it takes to get Rosen if you're thinking three years out with this franchise. And normally, that's what teams do when they're not in desperation, we need to win this year mode. But I look at that Kansas City situation with Alex Smith, and that's what made me think a lot about the Josh Rosen idea for the Vikings was Kansas City went into the draft where they got Mahomes as a team that had been in the playoffs, won a ton of games with Alex Smith, He was a really good, solid NFL quarterback that could only get them so far. And they decided, you know what? We've got to do something a little bold here to get that future quarterback because we've realized that this one's not going to work. And with Kirk Cousins, I could see an argument for looking for that next quarterback now, not only because his future is unclear, but you're not sure after last year if it's actually going to work. And when we had Sam Ekstrom on earlier from zone coverage, that's what he was talking about. How much better can the passing game be? How much better is Kirk Cousins going to be? And it's more than just the draft picks. It's on Cousins too. The thing that I find really interesting here is that Arizona had already paid that signing bonus, which... Um, that would have benefited Minnesota so much if they really wanted to go in on all of this because that was just under $6.3 million that yeah. had already been paid out. So you're getting like a steal for a starting quarterback with only a second-round pick. 
Like that to me is that's impressive. And let's keep in mind too that it fills an immediate need with backup quarterback because yeah. which I, which is which we now know we have a legitimate competition coming into coming into uh, OTAs starting this week with rookie minicamp. Imagine the scenario that Kirk Cousins gets hurt early, let's say preseason camp. He gets hurt and he's going to be out for half the season. Sean Mannion, your quarterback? No. Is Jake Browning your quarterback? No. Is Kyle Slaughter your quarterback? No. So that means what? You probably have to trade for someone again. And in this case, they would have already traded for someone. So, I, I mean, it's it's not exactly the hill I want to die on and never endlessly bring up. But I thought it was funny that Dave Gettleman had a quote where he said, um, in three years, I'll get it the exact thing. Oh, we'll see how crazy I am in three years. And that's... This is great for the Josh Rosen situation. We'll see how crazy it was in three years. The only stipulation or the asterisk I would put on that is if Josh Rosen came here and eventually played with Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, and let's say Irv Smith is good and they build up the line through the draft and everything else in three years, then he would have a great situation. In Miami, this guy's going from one bad team to the next. And if I'm the Miami Dolphins, I think if they're smart that they don't fire their coach in one year and they tell their coach, look, Start Ryan Fitzpatrick this whole season, and we go three and thirteen. We draft the best dang offensive lineman we can get, or the best wide receiver we can get, or whatever else. Whoever will support Josh Rosen in the future, that's what we need to do. Because if he starts this year with that team, I was looking over their roster last night. Oh my gosh! I mean, they have hardly any receivers. Mike Gesicki is the sort of interesting tight end. But aside from that, their offensive line, they lost Juwan James. We saw how poor their offensive line was. He's going from one bad situation to another. I don't expect that he's going to be good this year. They could ruin him if they just throw him out there with not a whole lot to work with in terms of surrounding talent. They could ruin him for his entire career. Well, it's Arizona part two. And Brian Flores said that he does have a chance to start this year, which I think, of course, you're going to say that. I don't think it's a good idea. Because you have Ryan Fitzpatrick, and we saw what lightning in a bottle looked like last year with Tampa Bay. But... They're still not going to be, I mean, they might be in, I wouldn't call it win now mode They're but they like are all in mode to try to make this franchise work in the next couple of years because the mess that was left down there with the departures that dated back when Adam Gates started clearing out that locker room, getting rid of Indomitian Sue, getting rid of Jarvis Landry. There's other guys that I'm forgetting. Um, they're still in, in kind of working through that toxicity of that team and to try to now they're like, okay. We have our quarterback of the future. We didn't have to draft one. We were able to use decent draft capital and, and didn't hurt us in the draft. Um, I think that's a good spot for them to be in. You don't expect them to obviously contend at all this year. Right. But, you know, down the line, as Manny said, I mean, give him some time. He came from a really, he came from a really bad situation in Arizona. A really bad one with a really bad offensive line. It honestly wasn't a great situation in UCLA when he left. No, I think that he needs some time kind of just to f- sit back and just kind of capitalize on fundamentals. Like, learn the game as an NFL quarterback because he was thrown into the fire head first last year. Yep. And there's a reason why his, you know, pass rating was so low and why just everything he ranked in was at the bottom of the NFL because he was set up for failure from the beginning. Yep. It reminds you of like Eli Manning early in his career and how rough that was. Let me ask you about another quarterback. The guy that draft Twitter or draft analytics Twitter, which is even a little of a smaller sect, but uh, some smart people 
had Will Greer pretty high with the numbers he put up at West Virginia. And when I watched tape with Sage Rosenfels of Will Greer, he said that there's an argument for Will Greer in terms of just what you see on tape being even as interesting or more than Dwayne Haskins, who was the second or uh, I'm sorry, the third quarterback drafted. Will Greer was there for the Vikings at their original pick in the third round. Would you rather have a running back that takes Latavius Murray's uh, spot or Will Greer as a backup with potential? Backup with potential, and that's not even a question because you already know how I feel where you can get these type of running backs as potential college free agents, undrafted free agents, Elijah Holyfield, who I will die on this hill about today only. He was there. (laughs) He was there. You did not have to use a draft pick on a running back. I just think that... They're putting a lot, and, and I've had this question come out, like, well, why didn't you? Why didn't they draft Jake Browning and have the four years on him as a seventh-round pick instead of giving him a three-year contract as an undrafted college free agent? Um, why would they have done that and go with a long snapper? And I'm very curious if we're gonna like, how we get an answer on that as to why why they went that route because they guaranteed one hundred forty thousand dollars to him, which is no small like chunk of change to guarantee to a guy that you're bringing in potentially who could wind up as a camp body. Um, there were, there were some knocks on him at towards the end of his career. I mean, he put up that huge production in 2016 season. Um, he came in there early. So he learned the system. He, you know, was able to start playing pretty early on. Um, I don't think you question anything of the t- intangible stuff, but it's just, it seems like they're putting a lot of faith in a guy to bring in as an undrafted free agent when you could have had another option. You just would have had to switch around your priorities on your draft board. And this is certainly a priority. It makes me wonder if the Vikings have really bought in and are almost guaranteeing too much on the fact that Kirk Cousins has been so durable in the past uh, that they never needed to, that he and his careers never really needed to go to the backup. Could that possibly be a reason for it? Because I don't understand it, be. it because yeah. it just doesn't seem like a team that knows the importance of having a really good backup quarterback. They're not really following suit with the Kirk Cousins situation here well, I also after thought, Trevor Simeon left. Yeah, I thought that they, they probably believed that Trevor Simeon would come back. And then when he didn't, I mean, first of all, I kind of went, hmm, that's really interesting that he chose to go somewhere else where he... Uh, will also be a guaranteed backup and just work with a younger quarterback as opposed to Kirk Cousins. That was interesting to me that Gary Kubiak was coming in, who Trevor Simeon would know, and he scooted as opposed to staying here to go to somewhere where it's more expensive to live as opposed to here with probably about the same money. I, I just, I'd love to ask Trevor Simeon, not on the record, what the deal was there, but um, maybe someday. The other thing I had for you, other question I had for you, Courtney, was Tyree Jackson didn't get drafted, mm-hmm. and he was a guy that tested outrageously well at the NFL Combine and did not get picked. And I saw a stat today that over 100 players who went to the Combine did not get picked, and 30% of underclassmen who left college did not get picked, that they declared for the draft, didn't get picked. And now they can't go back to play. Tyree Jackson had one more year of eligibility. In fact, we even talked about him for Minnesota for leaving Buffalo, come here for one year as that fifth year senior, however that works, transfer portal. Yeah, graduate transfer. We, We talked about that as a possibility and how cool that would be to have him here. Now he's got to fight his way up as an undrafted free agent, and maybe he'll turn into a tight end. Where did he sign with? Uh, He signed with Buffalo. Okay. So the question is, should these players who declare for the draft and not get picked, who are underclassmen, be allowed to go back to college? 
I think they should be. Well, we saw it with the NBA and the legislation that the NCAA changed this this past summer. So last year, 2018 summer, was when that rule, or is the fall, was when that rule went into play. Um, which, if you're one of the last of that to be affected by that and you don't go drafted um, and you're an NBA player, I'd be pretty salty. That would be like, darn, like, why couldn't that apply to me um, yeah. to go back? And I think it's different in college football. I, I don't know. I just feel like it's very different because, if you know, he was a starting quarterback. Would he go back and get his job back? What about the guy who's next in line? Like, what about if they were really excited about using the guy that's next in line? Um, you know, at Buffalo. I don't know Buffalo's depth chart, but who knows? I mean, I think that there would be an argument against it in football just because of how many players you have, how many scholarships you have. Um, it's, what, 85 for most Division One FBS programs? Like, there's a lot to give there, so you'd have the numbers. Numbers game wouldn't work against you, but I just think that there's not... There would be an argument against it from the NFLPA, from I think from college football coaches uh, taking the side of wanting that, but I think that there would not be able to be anybody that would want to meet in the middle there. There's fewer players in basketball that works out differently because sure. you're not screwing guys out of scholarships at that point. All right, we'll take a break. Um, the worst draft take maybe ever. Okay, that's coming up next. And also, is anybody getting traded or just are we good here? Or what's what's going on? We'll talk about that when we come back here on Purple Daily. Because the Vikings are on your mind. All the time! Not just during the season. Purple Daily on Score North. Scorenorth.com Hello, Nashville. I'm not going to say a single word about the Tennessee Titans record against Uh the Indianapolis Colts because I was a punter and there's no reason for me to talk about that. (laughs) With that being said... We did not punt much against the Tennessee Titans, so you probably have no clue who I am to begin. Pat McAfee may have come up with something brilliant for NFL drafts of the future. That was him there taunting Tennessee Titans fans, and I believe Drew Pearson, friend of all Minnesotans, was the guy who started this couple years ago, and then there was one from David Akers last year where he yelled at Dallas fans, and then uh, now Pat McAfee with the best. If we yep. could have one person after the next just taunting other teams, even when they run out somebody who's like uh, like a good feeling type of thing, you saw they had a blind person, a blind child read a draft pick. They had another person that had, I think, was it maybe cerebral palsy? Mm-hmm. And there was a video of them. Lift, Didn't he read lift, the Vikings draft pick? Lift, or was it the Ravens? What, uh, I think it was the Maybe it was the Ravens. One purple I don't team. But That's it, all but I just, know. You know, they have these good feelings one. But I would love those good feeling people to also taunt other teams in their division. Anybody who comes out like, oh, this is the Make-A-Wish kid. And that go up there, Timmy, and tell the Giants they're trash. Like, like It would take too much time. It'd take way too much time. <laughs> we were already like dragging on day two. I remember thinking, gosh, can they just like See, speed this stuff up? I mean, me the there are a bunch second, of them. The second round is the trash talk round. Let everyone talk all the trash they want. And that's when Pat McAfee made the pick for, yeah. um, yep. he had a really hard name to pronounce if I remember too. He nailed it. Uh, so that was probably the best moment of the entire weekend of the draft. Now, a not so great moment is a player who was drafted by the New York Giants got shot and he was with a college teammate of his who died. And I have discovered now the worst draft take of all time. 
as it relates to this player who I, I think is going to be okay, but was shot over the weekend, supposed to be the best weekend of his life, and he's the victim of a shooting, and Mike Francesa from WFAN has a take. Listen, you can have an off-field incident with any draft pick, any time, any team, but when you finish your draft and stress how you went out of your way to take the right kind of guys, the guys you want on the team, the guys who are going to be great character guys, and you stress that as strongly as the Giants did, it looks pretty bad when one of them gets shot on a Saturday night. It does not look good. I mean, it's just more of the same for the Giants who just can't get out of their own way. I mean, no matter what they say. I mean, uh, and you've seen people poking a lot of fun at the Giants. And as someone who's been around the Giants for 40 years, as someone who has grown up with the football Giants, uh, and you've seen how much success they've had since they turned it around on the George Young, you know what? It's sad to see the Giants become the laughing stock that they have around the league. And right now, people are doing nothing but making jokes about the Giants. And that's sad. Well, no one's making a joke about this player getting shot. Let's put that out there first and foremost. But I'd like to read you what his NFL.com draft profile under strengths, the first thing that's listed there, high character with same work ethic in the classroom that he has on the field. So to go and trash this kid as, oh, you're just, you know, a thug getting hanging out with the wrong crew the night you get drafted and you get shot and you're making your franchise look bad. Please do some research well, that, because this is widely available information. And if you've been around the Giants franchise for 40 years, make some calls. Find some off-the-record <laughs> sources that'll tell you that, hey, this is, this is an outlier. We don't know what happened. It's not this kid's fault. But apparently, you're too busy on your radio show to, to dev- devote the time to do that. I mean, how... Like, Even if he was a bad character kid, like, why are you, this kid just well, got that's, shot. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, wait, if you get shot, then you are a off-field incident? Like, you are a bad it's character person? not like he shot someone. You are shot. Yeah. Now, okay, there is one exception to that rule. That's Plexico Burris. He did the shooting and he shot was the victim. Yes, he shot himself. I guess you could uh, have that. But this person was shot. His friend was killed. But apparently, if you've ever been shot with a gun... You now are a character issue for the New York Giants, according to Mike Francesa. That is probably the worst take of all time ever, is they can't get out of their own way. They draft guys who get shot. (laughs) Limbaugh Joseph got shot once in the leg. It had nothing to do with it, but it was just kind of a random thing. So so you got a bad character? I don't don't think so. That's just, uh, what a terrible take. Makes you cringe. Uh, yeah, not not good. Um, Also, assuming that someone is bad character because they were shot is... A pretty racist take to begin with also. So good job, Mike Francesa. Not great. Um, anyway, what was the other thing that I wanted to talk about? I thought I teased two things and now I can't remember the other one. Do you remember? I don't. Okay. We were talking about oh, Josh yes, Rosen yes, before. Yes. I've got it. I've got it. Uh, no one got traded. No one got traded. Thoughts, reactions to no one getting traded. When I was uh, doing some digging on Friday and the rounds kept passing, each pick kept passing when early second round, we're hearing a lot of buzz. Kyle Rudolph, they're fielding calls. And then the stuff's kind of dying down a little bit, but they're still fielding calls. Um, They were fielding calls into day three. Rick Spielman said when I asked him, did you take calls from teams that were interested in possibly trading for your veterans? The answer was, quote, yeah, no, not really. Um, That's just I mean, there's there were calls for Kyle Rudolph. 
the value dropped significantly. If you couldn't trade him there in the second or the really that third round was that sweet spot, the Vikings would have been silly to to dump him off given the value that he has, given he's 29 years old. Um, there's a high ceiling for him left in this league. Tight ends are always very, very valuable, especially yep. in free agency too. Um, but just all, all that stuff that lined up and no movement with Rudolph, now it's a matter of they need to sign their draft class. They have 12 picks. Yes, most some of them will not make the team, but they still got to sign their draft class. Um, and they're very tight under the cap right now. They need somewhere in that like low three million, three and a half million range, somewhere in that estimated figure. Total, yeah. Total. Um, they need to either get a restructure done with Kyle Rudolph and or another player, but Rudolph makes the most sense. Um, or they can trade him now, or they can cut him. There's three options right there. I don't think not having I think not having Kyle Rudolph on this roster next year is a mistake. I agree. And just from the perspective of trying to win right now, why would you not want to have Kyle Rudolph, a guy who catches everything? He is always one of the best in the NFL in terms of drops. He is a mismatch if you actually throw it to him when people are on him, because generally Kirk Cousins does not do that. But he's so big and has such good hands that even if he's covered by a linebacker, he generally can make the play. Uh, but I think that was some of the disconnect between the two is that Kyle Rudolph wanted Kirk Cousins to throw it even if he wasn't open, which I think all the receivers wanted from him and in case Keenum did so well the year before. Uh, two tight end sets are extremely valuable in the NFL today, and even if you feel like you're overpaying a little bit for Kyle Rudolph, and even if he is not the best blocker that has ever come across in the NFL just giving him away for a third-round pick would have been, in my mind, a very bad choice in terms of helping yourself in 2019 because what is your other option? Is there another tight end you can sign? No, not really. Do you really believe in Tyler Conklin? He had five catches last year. Is that who you really believe is going to replace a two-time Pro Bowler? This is the thing that I feel like I keep coming back to with Kyle Rudolph year after year is I understand he's not Rob Gronkowski. He's never going to be Rob Gronkowski, but is he someone who's an above average NFL tight end? Yeah, that's got a lot of value to it. When someone can come up with 50 or 60 catches every year with no drops, that means something to have that. And now if you add Irv Smith, that that makes me feel like you've got a better set of weapons than you did before. If you were just relying on a second round pick who's going to be 21 years old to go in there and handle a full load of tight end assignments... I mean, good luck with that. So I, th- I think that they're in much better shape having both of those corners and figuring out something else. I'm still on the uh, Treadwell train of trade him away along with another draft pick to someone. And the deadline is coming soon to figure out when and where, if and when, they will be picking up his fifth-year option. Uh, no. um, I don't think that's yeah. going to happen. Not possible. But, I mean, I'm just saying that is a that is there's a deadline in place for that. Any, do you have any other ideas? Like the other ideas that Riley I had Reef. were just Reef and maybe you get nine point like Linval? six. Uh, I can't see them getting rid of Linval. Oh, not, not getting rid of him, but uh, restructuring. I, I can't. Eh, I can't see I, them I getting rid he, of Reef either. Yeah, they have no leverage to ask him to restructure. He's yeah. one of the best nose tackles in the league, but, and what he does for this defense. I mean, there's no one to replace him. No, not at all. So I, I don't think they have any leverage for that. I could see Reef being leveraged, but possibly finding a way to stick a little more cash. In Linval Joseph's sure, pocket, if you could by restructuring, but you could also do that with Kyle Rudolph. If you really, and he just doesn't seem interested. I mean, 
you could do it. I just think that the smart play here is he's not going to go in there and truly be like, yeah, I have no, I, you know, I'm not going to get anything out of this for myself. I'll just take less money up front and, or I'll just, you know, restructure my contract, make it into a signing bonus, whatever, have no guarantees added. He probably wants a couple years new on that contract. And I can't blame him for that because the players have to worry about themselves here as much as the teams are trying to get them to worry about the team. So there is a couple of guys that they could, and they could earn enough cash to just put it together. Kentrell Brothers is one. And I mean, we're like really in the deep weeds of the... Rashad Hill's another one too. But them drafting Cameron Smith made me think about Kentrell Brothers. Okay. If they decide, He was suspended for a couple games last year, mostly a special teams guy. They could save 720000 And I think they only need like a buck and a half to get to that point where they can sign these guys. And aside from that, though, I mean, they signed Jordan Taylor this offseason, so you're probably not going to cut him. And you give the quarterback from Washington 140000 guaranteed. You're probably um, not going to cut him. Aviant Collins is another guy. Tashawn Bauer. Like, if they, Rashad Hill, I know that he they signed his RFA, but they could possibly... $2 million. Yeah, they, that's, they could possibly move on from that. Um, Rock Thomas, I, I believe, is listed on the top 51. Mm-hmm. So he's set to make 570k. If you cut two of these players, they probably have enough. Yeah. It would it would make sense. So it might just be that we had all these conversations about moving Trey Waynes or Kyle Rudolph, but they've decided to just stick with that, move off a couple of the spare parts, bring in the draft picks. You couldn't have done that before cuz you weren't sure who you were going to draft, but now that there are some players at those positions, you probably can, especially with running back. They want to keep Mike Boone. I'm certain of that. But Rock Thomas, they don't have to. No. And they're, I mean, we're still not even sure with the legal proceedings. That's um, way less exciting, though, than a trade. Yeah, but it's logical. But I and like it, trades. I know, but it's less messy. But I want to trade. Well, too bad. Why won't don't you have let me one? trade, Vikings? They, they might be able to trade Rudolph now. Who knows? Could be. All right, uh, well, you will want to keep it to Purple Daily, 365 days a year, daily Vikings talk here. Download our app. I mean, download why, it. Why, why haven't you? If you haven't downloaded the app, you should download the app. It's very easy. Alexa, in, open score, score north. north. <laughs> I'm going to start yelling at it. I don't even have an Alexa. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's coming up next on the station here, Courtney? Coming up next from 2 to 4, Score North Live with Matthew Collar. Today's Whoa. guest... It's actually going to be Mike Francesa. You're going to go <laughs> grill him no, for his no, horrible football take. No, it's not. More draft talk. Twins as well. Hit all the home runs over the weekend. We'll be right back. It'll be Score North Live when we return. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.